Hello, and welcome to another edition of Weavers Beyond the Numbers. My name is Brandon Hayes, and I'm a senior manager in our sales and use tax practice. Today, I'm being joined by Tony Burgess and Stephen Scarborough. Tony is a senior manager in our sales and use tax practice as well, and Stephen is a partner and also leads our state and local tax compliance group. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Good to see you. You know, in our world, we often hear the horror stories about companies that are constantly being uh, scrutinized under audit for not paying enough in terms of sales and use taxes. But there's also a lot of opportunities where companies are actually overpaying those taxes. And I want to spend the time today to kind of really drill in onto that. And Stephen, I think I'm going to start with you. And I'd like to kind of spend a few minutes and kind of talk about some of the different ways that people can obtain overpayments or credits for taxes that have been overpaid. Yeah, there's lots of different circumstances that taxpayers might find themselves in that cause them to overpay taxes uh, in their sales tax returns. Um, once you realize that you've done this, there's several ways you can go about to get the money back. Uh, the first and foremost is just to file a refund claim directly with the state requesting your uh, tax payment back, uh, your overpayment back. Um, the second way would be you could go to the vendor who you pay the tax to and ask them for a refund uh, of the taxes paid. Um, and they may ask you to provide an exemption certificate or whatever is needed to prove to them that the tax isn't owed, uh, but they should be able to refund you directly. Uh, the third way is to just put it on your tax return. So whether that be amending the period of overpayment or periods of overpayment, or uh, taking the credit on current or future returns uh, to return the credit to you is also an option. And then the, the final way would be if you happen to have an audit going on with the state, uh, there may be balances due that you can offset those balances with the credits that you've got or the refunds that you have. So uh, those, are, those are basically the four ways to go about it. That's really interesting. So I'm going to assume that all credits are not the same, and there's got to be pros and cons and, and considerations that can be made by companies whenever they want it actually go back and, and obtain these overpayments that are legally due. Tony, can you kind of focus on that and kind of talk to me about some of the pros and cons of some of the different approaches? So at the end of the day, how you go about obtaining your credits or your refunds that you've identified an error is really, it's going to be a decision of the business, how aggressive they want to be um, either with the state or with their vendors. Um, so we'll just walk through each of the the styles of credits that Stephen mentioned and dig into the pros and cons of each of those. So the first one that he mentioned was obtaining a refund directly from the state and local tax jurisdiction. This one is going to be scrutinized the most. It's subject to review, usually by a field auditor who's going to review all the documentation. They have to verify the refund. They'll typically dig into your tax accounts to make sure you haven't previously taken a credit. And it can just be really time-consuming and burdensome. It's probably going to take a lot longer to obtain a credit if you go this route. But at the end of the day, on, on the positive side, you have a refund that's been verified by the state, so you don't have to worry um, about that coming back to haunt you later in an audit and getting assessed penalty and interest. So for taxpayers that want the peace of mind, maybe it's a gray area, they're not sure that um, they're going to actually be entitled to a refund, that's probably the route that they would want to take just to make sure that it's a valid refund. Um, the second um, way of obtaining credits that Stephen mentioned was going directly to your vendor. Um, this is some states require you to go to the vendor, um, but 
a lot of taxpayers choose to work with the vendor for two reasons. One, you can get your money back a lot faster. You could even get a credit against your current um, pay against your current payables. Um, but also the vendor can correct it on their side. So if you're entitled to an exemption that they weren't aware of, they can they can refund you the money for the uh, prior transactions and fix it on a go forward basis. Um, the problem with that is, again, it's not verified by the state. It's a deal that, that you and your vendor are agreeing to, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that refund has been verified. And it could also come up later in an audit of either the vendor or yourself. So, you know, depending on how complex the tax issue is, that's something you would want to weigh. Um, and then the third method was, um, I believe it was obtaining credits or taking the credits against your current tax returns. Um, in the normal course of business, it's very common that taxpayers will collect tax from their customers and then find out afterwards that customers are direct pay and or that they're entitled to some other exemption. And then in that situation, they need to get a credit back to their customers. So it's pretty routine to take those types of credits against current period tax returns. Um, without having to worry too much whether or not, you know, the state's going to come back and hammer you later. Um, it's all, I've also seen taxpayers when, um, they've overpaid on their purchases, they've taken credits against, um, the sales tax that they're reporting. And that is, is ultimately a business decision. Um, it's something you'd definitely want to get more, um, more advice on. It, and it's probably going to depend on how complex the issue, is, how aggressive the issue is that you're ultimately pursuing. Yeah, and Tony, I'll mention on the on, you file a return or you amend a return. A lot of states have a very prescribed method for obtaining refund credits uh, on your return. So they, in most cases, they don't want you just to put it as a credit on your return and let it kind of wash into the current tax. Uh, some states specifically need you to line it out. Uh, on, a, on a section of the return, some states will have you actually amend the prior period return. So you really want to understand what the prescription is for that resolution so that you do it properly and it doesn't, you know, you don't get in trouble later on about it. And then the, the final um, method of obtaining a credit, which would only apply if, if in a situation where you're um, currently under audit, you may identify credits outside of, of the um, population that the auditor has selected. And in that situation, I would recommend working with the auditor to, uh, to obtain those credits within your audit so that if there is any tax assessed, um, you can ultimately offset penalty and interest. And, and that would help reduce that additional audit assessment. Um, I've even seen, and on that credit note, I've even seen different tax types um, where states have allowed, like if you had a severance tax overpayment, you could apply it against a sales and use tax assessment. So just take a look at all of the audits you have going in any one jurisdiction. And if there's overpayments in one tax type, underpayments in another tax type, just think about netting those two out and you could assign the refund, um, essentially assign the refund to yourself or another legal entity within your umbrella. Just a couple of additional things to think about. So I would assume under that scenario, it would have to be for the same tax types that are administered or enforced by that same jurisdiction. Yes. It wouldn't be like a property tax 
it's being applied against sales tax or something of that, you'd have to look to who's auditing you, what taxes are they responsible for, and what other taxes are you being audited for by that same administrator in order to be able to to uh, take advantage of, of the... Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Very and I've even seen situations where a credit, this one other, one last consideration is a credit was identified and approved and then and was paid to a taxpayer, let's just use a million dollars, for example, and then that taxpayer was later, was audited subsequently and ended up with a tax assessment and penalty and interest, we were able to show that because those refunds that were previously received were reported in the same period, they were able to wipe out a significant piece of their penalty and interest within their audit. So even after the refunds filed, that's, that's something to consider down the road. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, and I wanted to circle back to the vendor request again. Um, some states actually prescribe that you need to go to the vendor first, uh, that the tax is actually on the vendor, not necessarily on the, the final consumer of the product. So it's really their tax that was remitted, so to speak, even though you're ultimately on the hook for it. So you may need to go back. You may have to go back to them. But depending on the vendor and your relationship with the vendor, they may not want to help you with that. They may not want to communicate with you about it. It may be from two years ago and you don't have that relationship anymore and they don't want to spend any time uh, on uh, resolving your tax issue. Uh, in a lot of states, you have the option of getting an assignment of a refund. So if you don't get a positive response from your vendor that they're willing to give you the money back or get it back for you, you can say, hey, can you just at least sign this assignment of refund so that I can go directly back to the state and pursue the, pursue the refund uh, myself without uh, the vendor getting in the way. Yeah. So there are things you kind of circumvent the vendors. Circumvent the vendor and it's a real easy one. You know, they just have to sign the form and uh, send it back to you and that's an easy way for you to kind of get around that if you're not getting uh, anywhere with your vendor. Fantastic. Well, guys, there's obviously a, a lot more to it than what I would have thought. It's not as simple as just going to the uh, back to the store and asking for a refund, right? And I appreciate you guys taking some time out today to talk to us about that. Thanks again for watching another episode of Weavers Beyond the Numbers. Again, my name is Brandon Hayes. We look forward to seeing you on future episodes. Thank you.